Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you? But then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. Hello, friends. Today we're here with Stephanie Harp. So Stephanie Harp is an international advocate for MMEIP, which is Murdered or Missing and Exploited Indigenous Peoples. She's also a keynote speaker who's traveled all over. She's traveled to over 50 Indigenous communities in Western Canada, and she has even been invited to London and Dubai, Malaysia. However, she just she didn't get the chance to go because of COVID. Oh, that darn COVID. But she's also done so many other great things. All right. So welcome, Stephanie. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm really, really good today. Happy to be here. Um, so be, before we get into it, I have some questions that I want to dive into because you've just had this really interesting life and I've only talked to you one other time and already I'm, you know, I'm drawn into you. But first off, I would like to know, or would you be able to tell us where, how the advocacy began? Because I know that there's so many people that are getting into advocacy and there's so many people that are involved in it, but there's also people that really feel that fire inside them to want to speak out on issues and maybe don't know how but your journey started in a very different place right yeah yeah it uh it was just lifetime survival is what brought me to advocacy it was a lifetime of survival and watching others survive and then you know having all those people from back in the day uh, most of them are not here with us anymore they're in spirit world so uh, being a survivor of every horrific statistic that you can think of and you know including residential school here in edmonton you know my mother was a residential school survivor and uh, that really affected and my grandmother affected all my family and poverty and that survival so you know it's been extremely hard because i uh it was in fight or flight or fight mode it was early childhood trauma as soon as i was a teenager got mixed up with the wrong people uh, drugs and alcohol very early in residential school i was almost murdered when i was 10 Wow. And, um, you know, and the sexual abuse and just all of that. And then watching a lot of my relatives and friends die along those years, some horrifically. And then fast forward to surviving my, my, my teenage years. Uh, my mother was murdered in 1999. And the uh, legal system, because we don't say justice system, because justice is not for us. Um, it's a myth when it comes to our people. It's hardly ever there. Um, there, I've, I've seen it a few times, but not very often ever, ever in our spaces and in our people. So this man who I know murdered my mother, he walked. They let him walk away, right? And that broke me. That broke mm -hmm. me. And then I got involved with some gangs uh, here in Edmonton. It got really, really dangerous, very, very dangerous. And, and survived a, a domestic abuse and term of exploitation by a man who put a ring on my finger and wanted to said he wanted he loved me wanted to marry me 
Uh Um, and then I survived a murder attempt myself. So I'm a murder attempt survivor. I, I fought for my life. Uh Um, I ran out of my shoes, running away from, from the, a man who tried to kill me and making that phone call to, uh, police in Edmonton here, you know, and the, I'd say early two thousands. And, uh, at the end of the, the guy calling the police for me they asked what nationality is she oh my goodness and back then we were using aboriginal mm-hmm. so they said she's aboriginal and they never came so that was a long walk home in my bare feet that oh night God. and uh I'll, I'll never forget that feeling ever 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 and you know not too long after that though I, I i changed my life i got sober and i made that choice and i fell in love with a beautiful healthy man who elevated me who loved me who made me safe um who made my dreams come true who was selfless who was um a family man and a really good man so when we met he was an alcoholic i was i was a drug addict and we just got together and we loved each other and we got sober by ourselves in our own home mm by ourselves in our own space um which is not heard of it's not very heard of very often so as a couple we sobered up by through our our want of it for ourselves and the want for each other and then the future that we wanted to have Mm -hmm. and um my dad did it though i i I can tell you i knew i had the willpower to do it because my dad did it when i was very young Mm-hmm. Um, he knew that my mother had uh, mental health issues, you know, and the doctors threw pills at her. And then the doctors did shock treatment on my mom. They shocked her brain mm-hmm. and it, she was never the same. And this is the thing is, it's none of our fault what happened to us, right? None of our, it's never, none of our fault. Right. And our, our people, it's not, we're not at fault. And so going through that and, and creating a healthy home and then taking in his kids and raising his kids and my two children are the first national taekwondo champions uh indigenous children in canada ever you know so i was able to uh, make a, a beautiful healthy family and the trauma stopped at me never mind any other successes in this lifetime right in this lifetime but the trauma stopped at me so my my children my grandchildren they don't know trauma so it was that kind of life and that's how the advocacy started because after that i went and got healed western way i went and got healed traditional way i went and got healed my own way got on the path started to share my story and now and and at the at at a huge national conference in canada like huge i was speaking with renell harper and i had to follow dr gabor Marte and tantu cardinal and we found out we were cousins working on the tv show blackstone because i play rita on the TV show Blackstone. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I'm gonna so, have to go rewatch that now because I used to watch it in the beginnings and I gotta go back. Yeah, don't watch season one, it's awful. <laughs> the seasons after that is better. They got a better writer. So it was really, it was really crazy. So I just went to this conference and I wrote something down and something when I got to the, before I got walked up to the podium and the Honey Fontaine here, Michelle Thresh on my side, they were both on my side introducing me. And something from above came down and said, put it away and speak from your heart. Oh, I love that. And I put it away. <laughs> Just I didn't even open it. And I shared my story as I'm sharing to you now. 
And I also sang a little bit too, you know, because I, I, I sing and I, I sang a little bit for them and, and that really caught their ear. And the story, it was just sharing my truth. And I gave them the meat on the plate, didn't have enough time to talk, gave them the meat on the plate of the survival. Mm-hmm. And I went back to sit down. Everyone in the conference, huge ballroom, main ballroom, got up, lined up, and they hugged me one oh. by one by one by one by one. I was sitting there getting this immense love, and it just didn't mm-hmm. stop for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The whole room. And there was mothers from Highway of Tears there. There were just all, all our people that were just the change makers, all our people that were trying to address this problem were there and I knew what I'd be doing for the rest of my life. Wow, that is an amazing that's an amazing story. And that's only that's just like the tip of your story, I'm sure. You know, I, I want to share just a, a similar experience that I had. You know, as you were talking, I wrote down so many things that were just speaking to me. But I had a similar experience where I was asked to speak recently. And it was a place where I felt out of my comfort zone. I wasn't even going to go, but something was telling me just go. And because it, it wasn't my usual crowd of people that I talk to, because I'm I usually speak in small groups to young Indigenous people. And I was being asked to speak at this event. And so I said, okay, um, I went, I didn't know what I was going to say. Even leading up to the time that I was going to be called up on to speak, I didn't know what I was going to say. And then I decided that I was just going to let it come from within and that I trusted that it was going to come from within. Because a couple of years ago, I had a spiritual experience where I was praying um, for my purpose. I wanted clarity and purpose. And um, when I started praying for, for that purpose to come to me, I had an experience where it was like spoken word into my head. You're an author, you're a motivator, you're a speaker, you're a leader. So those four things. And it was such a profound experience that my knees gave out. I hit the ground crying uncontrollably. So I wrote it, I wrote it down and I decided that I wasn't going to question these. I wasn't going to question the message. I was just going to follow it. And I was just going to live my life in that direction. And I didn't like speaking. I didn't like public speaking. I had a, I had bad experience, but I started saying yes to these opportunities because I just decided that like it was the call that's being placed on my life so I just need to trust so I I've been saying yes to certain things even when I'm afraid and then when after I was done speaking and I only stood up there for just like 10 minutes it felt like and just spoke from the heart all of a sudden everybody's up on their feet and everybody's like I get a standing ovation and people are crying and coming up to me and it was just overwhelming but it was like I don't know I I don't know how to describe it it but I left feeling I've left feeling so good like I felt so good inside and it was just um you know validation to that I'm on the right path people you know they need to hear these messages and sometimes I don't know where the messages even come from I've had that happen to me a couple of times two crucial crucial critical times in my life that happened to me. So when I was um, going to end my me abusing myself with drugs, um, I had a breakthrough, a breakdown. And the floodgates opened and I stood up and I looked. At, usually when I talk, I manifest and I look up mm-hmm. and I said, OK, I'm done surviving. I want to live. 
I want to live a life. I want a life now. And the floodgates came open and I cried uncontrollably and I fell to the ground and I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up. So that happened to me. And I never touched drugs again after that day. And that was 21 years ago, 21 years ago. It's my husband and I anniversary. And it's also my uh, almost, I'd say about, uh, well, I'd say about 12 years anniversary of my service to the country um, and our people. And uh, so that was the other time is when I was doing this advocacy work at the time. I am a rock star with the Stephanie Harp experience. I open up for the biggest names in music. I have original music out all over the world. So, so I, I'm a you know singer songwriter, and I was also an actress on the TV show Blackstone, and I was on that helping with that show for years. And I am the first Indigenous uh, casting agent and extras casting agent for Al in Alberta um, under Chris Ruka. Um, and then after we did Blackstone, Hollywood started to call. So we did Hollywood productions as well. And uh, so, you know, working on Cut Bank, helping with some stuff with uh, Hell on Wheels, with uh, Allison Lockwood in Calgary and uh, the Croce family for The Revenant and all these kinds of things. So at the time as well. Then I was also an, an advocate, right? And a mother and uh, a mother of a child who has mild uh, autism as well, uh, who's, who's thriving, who's a musical genius who opened up for CCR when he was six. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we, we lived this incredible life together, right? Mm -hmm. But at that time I was in my home and I was doing all these things and I said, I can't do all these things anymore. Because right. someone, someone, some of it's going to suffer. Someone's going to suffer. And I'm not, I, I need to be home more. Yeah. And I need to have more balance. So I stood in my hallway and I looked up and I said, send me a sign. What is the sign? I can't do it all. What do I do? And something came down and said, do what's selfless. So I, I, I wasn't acting very much anymore. I wasn't a casting agent anymore. And I just continued with the music because the music will never leave me. Music has been with me since I was a child and mm -hmm. was my confidant, my escape, my friend, my everything as, as growing up as a child was music. Um, and I was told I was a singer very early. So I was put into singing in competitions and touring very young. And mm -hmm. I, I've been on the stage since I was about uh, eight or nine years old and then continue with the advocacy. So now it's just music and advocacy because you can put uh, advocacy in music as well. As my good friend, um, Murray Sinclair, uh, has told me before, it's, uh, you know, it's the artist that can get away with so much more truth. So, um, uh, yeah, that happened to me. So I understand where you're coming from. And many of our people, when I share that, many of our people share their experiences as so too. But it's coming from our ancestors. It's coming from spirit world. It's coming from the earth. It's coming from everything we connect with. And we're getting these because we're getting on our path. And once we're on our path, they send you and open doors and send you everything because that's how my life has been since I've been on this path. Everything has been thrown into my path. Good things, positive things, beautiful things, strong things, brave things. And uh, it's just been really, really incredible. You know you're on your path when. And so the, the spirit world, universe, everyone's going to send that to you. And when you're a good person with good energy, it, you put that out, it comes back. It mm. comes back. So we always got to remember that. You know what? Somebody recently said that to me is 
I was in a workshop and when I'm in my workshops with young people, I always talk about the energy that we put out, you know, that it, that it's good. It's coming back to us. But I find that when I, when I talk that way, it's usually about the negative, like reminding them, you know, don't put out that negative stuff because mm -hmm. that's, what's going to find you. And, that's right. and I, I was forgetting to really emphasize the good. And I had even forgotten that in a, in a sense that the good stuff is also coming back to find you. And one of the workers, um, the youth workers, she said to me, she said, you know, all of this good stuff you're, you're putting out there. She's like, it's coming for you. It's, it's on its way to you. And then um, I never really thought about that because I was always thinking about, don't be a shitty person, treat people good. Cause you don't want That's people right. to, and then I had my event. And I, the same lady came up to me and she gave me a hug and she told me, she's like, it's here. It's this, you know, it's, it's, it's come to you. And I'd almost forgotten that she said that. And then I really, in that moment when she hugged me, I felt it. I felt the love return, you know, like it was just kind of like a, this culmination of everything that I have been working on for, you know, eight years, I've been hard at work traveling all over traveling all over the north you know leaving my own kids to do to do all of this work and then I just kind of felt it come full circle you know in that day it was mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful experience you know and I forget, yeah. I forget that sometimes yeah and and last two years really messed us up good man really yeah. messed up a lot of things for us but before that well, talking about good people, good energy, you know, it's really hard for our people to do better in advance when we have people in leadership that are not doing very well and that are still in their pain and still in their trauma. And um, so this is really, really hard, you know, and, and, and some of them are leaders of organizations, some of them are leaders here and leaders there. And it's really important that we, we address that, you know, we just need in order to have a healthy future, we need healthy leaders. And so I really, really believe in that. I've just, it's, it's happened to myself a couple of times. Uh, I've never experienced anything negative in all the years I've done work, this work. Never, not from anybody, not from the, uh, our people, not from the public, not from anybody. So I'm, I'm very grateful, grateful and, and, and honored in all of that. But the experience of seeing others and uh, a couple personal, a couple incidences that happened to me that can turn you down a road you don't want to go and make your eyes open to where you want to protect yourself and you want to protect others as well. So I, I think that's really, really important to address. And also we, we have people that are not well doing wellness work and mm -hmm. we have to be very careful of that too. We have to be careful because they have to be a healed, loving powerful person that when you're around them they exhume love that's what what people who um want to dig out their rooted pain you know and and address that that's so right. important that's so important right that's the first step so you know, i just really thank you for mentioning that because that is really important to me and, and and all of this work it's critical can i ask you uh about that the lateral violence and that you know, you haven't felt it when you're doing this work. Do you feel that it's because of the good work you're doing? Or is it because you carry this energy within you where you're, you're just not going to take it? Um, I carry this good energy 
And that's the most important thing. And I am open and I don't judge. And I just speak as a survivor. And I think that's what the connection is. Survivor to survivor. Right. We see each other. And all I'm doing is just sharing your truth. And and many of our stories are not different, are not very different from one another. Some are, are less trauma. Some mm-hmm. are critical, horrific, genocide, oppression, mm-hmm. racism, you know, horrors right. of a life, right? Right. So that's important to honor and address. And so being a survivor on different levels also watching a lot of people that I know back then, they're not here anymore. So with all that death and all of that uh, knowledge, I had a responsibility to share what a lot of people don't understand. Daytime people don't understand the nighttime survival, right? And with that's where it comes from. So we see each other, we hear each other, and many of them want to share their stories so they're happy that i'm out there sharing mine they just are not there yet but i want to help them get there right so i do a lot like i take care of a lot of murdered or missing and exploited indigenous families here in western canada i i care for a lot of them and i have some in the east as well but it's heavy work i'm also court supports um when the families come in and and they go in for their sentencing or there are trials and, and things like that. So I, I, I do that. I mm-hmm. take calls from our families in the middle of the night, our people. And also when safety issues happen all over the Canada, Carrie Thomason and I, we get those phone calls and those emails and those messages from our people when these unsafe incidences happen because they don't know where else to go, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And many, many uh, provinces have people who don't protect and serve. So they, we, we have to do this work for, with each other, for each other. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you, when you do this work, what do you do for yourself as a form of release to release the hurt and the pain and the trauma that you're sharing with them as you support them? So, so what we have is we also, we always give them the hope for wellness hotline of our people for our people. So we go to hopeforwellness.ca so that it's not just a band-aid effect. It's a long-term effect and they can talk to anyone in their language across the country 24-7. And and this is all Indigenous training, Indigenous peoples. And and so uh, I always mention this before we get started on anything. And I give them all these resources. And I also have a resource table and I have tons of really amazing resources i'm one of the queens that uh, reigns over resources because i i'd like to give the long-term effect um also i give them my personal information in case days later they're triggered days hours whatever later so they're able to get a hold of me i've had the same phone number and email for since i started so <laughs> i haven't changed it and the whole country has it so um, so I, I, so that's what I do first, right? Then we get into it, and then, and then I, I, I share what I share, and then I want Q and A after. I want them to have their voices heard and have questions that they got, they, they have answered, and it works for me. It works for them, and there's aftercare, very important to me. And I have to be careful where I send them to, 
because I've had organizations do kickbacks to our people. So that's not right. That's not right. Um, you're supposed to be doing your job. What um, does that mean? Like well, well, kickback. So we we send them to an organization. They're supposed to help them, and if the organizations or workers are racist, they don't help them. So I have to be very, very careful what resources I give. Right, very, very careful. So that's what's called kickback when they end up not helping them because of internal racism, right? Systematic racism, racism that we endure everywhere we go, right, in this country. So so what I do for my wellness through all of that and hearing the family stories, hearing the safety incidences, hearing the survival of our people, hearing the horrific stories of our missing children, what I do for myself, for my healing and my wellness is music. And also I've been through a lot of different levels of counseling and therapy. And also I, I, I make sure that I have my wellness days as well. And even if I can do my wellness hour or hours in the day, I'm able to do this work also because of my husband and my children and my grandchildren. They, they understand, you know, I took my son on our Ted talk tour in Western Canada so that he understood as soon as he was a teenager, we took him. So my family do support me very, very well very, very strong. I'm very, very lucky to have a healthy, beautiful, supportive man in my life and uh, who's very, very strong and can and, and takes care of our, our, our family, our, our kid in our home. Our other children are out on their own. Um, so I'm very, very grateful and very thankful. And also music. I'm in a band called the Stephanie Harp Experience. It's short for she. And my wellness is I get to open up for the biggest names that I always listened to as a child. And I get really excited throughout the year to um, write new music. Uh, as we're doing right now, me and my guitar player, Royce, and uh, are writing some new songs right now. So my band, like I said, we I, I get to meet all of the legends. I get to hang out with them. They really do adore our music and performance. Um, they adore what I do uh, in my advocacy as well. I've had many, many, many rock stars just like, wow, I love that. And and they really do. Uh, a lot of them love Indigenous peoples. Oh, my God. They just like, oh, wow. You know, and they ask me all kinds of questions. And how do I say hello? Can, can you teach me hello? And <laughs> and, and Kriya Dene, can you teach me that? So it's been really incredible because I, I get to, you know, the music has always been that for me all mm. my life as a child. It's been music. That's what it has. That's my wellness. And then I get to travel. So I get to be on the road. I love being on the road um, as well. And um, I have my days where we're shut down. It's totally home time. And, and here's the thing where I want to tell everybody. Many of our people, many of our women, we take care of everybody. We take care of everybody. Mm -hmm. And we are not taking care of ourselves. We are not taking care of my, ourselves. So I'm aware of that. So I make sure that I do. I am fully aware of it. I'm already there, way mm -hmm. ahead of, of, of everything. But when we go home, be home. Be home here. And when you come through that door, work is out there. And you come home, be home really really important mm -hmm. um in my early years of advocacy it was tough yeah. you know 
you know, I was so healed, though I wasn't very triggered, but my husband would say, Steph, hey, hey, man, you're here, but you're not here. He yeah. says, be home with us. And that was it. I, that's the best advice I want to give everybody. Self-care. And when you're home, be home. Yeah, that's that's such good advice. You know, it just reminds me of the days leading up to the event. Uh, for me, it was just like 24 seven. That's, that's what it felt like for me. So my husband had put up the Christmas tree and then it stayed empty and bare for like for two days. So that's two days of my kids just, you know, staring at this Christmas tree with no decorations and waiting for me, waiting for me to stop working. And, you know, and then I just realized like, can't do this to my babies. Like I need to take some time. So it was like the night before we were getting ready to leave and um, I just put everything away and I went up, we went upstairs and we decorated the tree together and they were so happy. And I was like thinking, you know, I have to remember to you, just like what you said, when I'm home, I have to be home. It's not enough for just for me to be physically there. I have to be there. For yeah, me. for sure. For sure. And the thing is though, I love my job. I love my job. Oh my goodness. Do I love my work? I love people. I've always been with people before everything else came into my life. I was in the band, you know, hustling the band, playing everywhere, being with the people all the time through music. So I just love, I love my job. I love my work, but it feels so natural and not like a job. Like it just, it feels like this is just what I'm supposed to do this is just something natural that so uh, i'm so grateful to fort mckay first nations first of all because they don't restrain me they don't muzzle me they just said stephanie you know uh we want you to come work for your nation because i'm that's my nation is fort mckay first nation so they just said stephanie come home do you do the work for your your community your region and go help your people everywhere everyone and i never had a chief talk to me like that before so we have a new chief in, in Mackay and, uh, you know, some leadership's been doing uh, such a such a great job. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And there's some things that I'd love to share with you that I think are very important in the work that I'm doing that is very critical. So I've done two provincial action plans for the National Action Plan of Canada. And I led one of them with care and I brought in Carrie Thomason. Here's another thing that we worked on uh, is the, uh, I, I do work sometimes with um, uh, and, and promote a lot, uh, AboriginalAlert.ca. AboriginalAlert.ca is a national website for missing people, our missing peoples. So I want everyone to go on there and go to your province and see how many of our missing people there are. And I want you to take a look at their, their faces really important that we were out and about and maybe you'll recognize someone that that is missing and uh, we have resources on there for you for the families as well um this is a, a really urgent critical uh, needed website so i really implore you all to go there and check it out uh, i'd really appreciate that so the other thing uh, that i'm working on is i'm the national ambassador for the downy windjack fund so i'd like to work with other non-indigenous companies that want change Okay, so I, I'm going to be in uh, thousands and th I think 5,000 schools. Um, so across Canada, so I'm really, uh, and, and they also put me on national uh, radio during Truth Reconciliation Day. I was on every radio station in, almost in Canada this past uh, September 31st. 
So uh, doing that, and uh, so I just uh, want to get to the kids. I think it's really important to get to the kids. Uh, we can't, you guys got to talk to our kids about their body boundaries. You got to talk to kids about safety. You got to teach kids self-defense and self-worth, okay? Really, really important is early intervention when our children are surviving it. Um, if we don't talk to them about these things, they can't. Uh, children who don't know what abuse is can't identify to you what abuse is happening to them. And we can't treat them like they're mindless when they're surviving it right now. And we're in the millennial scoop in Canada right now. We have more children in care ever at the Hyder Residential School. So right now. So we have to remember that. I'm also working with the Missing Children's Society of Canada. So I want you to go to the Missing Children's Society of Canada.ca and look at the rescue app. Rescue without an E app. And um, so it's a national missing children's uh, site under Amber Alert that will help reunite missing children. Um, it has reunited 2,900 missing children back to their families and so we want to let all our indigenous community and all missing uh all our missing children know that they are we want them on the site and the site really does work so please please if you have a missing child now we're going to expand to vulnerable peoples which is always and every day yes. indigenous peoples in this country when we survive strategic oppression we survive planned uh, genocide and we survive uh, systematic racism big time. So just wanted to share those with you. They're really important to me and just want to share with our people everywhere that they know um, that these sites, they're a part of it and our children are important and should be uh, under Amber Alert uh, as well. That is amazing work that you're doing. And, you know, the sad thing is it's it's needed now more than ever. And you would think that with the growth that we're making that as a nation, that these numbers wouldn't be elevating in the way that they are, but yet they are. You know, we have our suicide rates are at their highest right now, are missing and murdered um, Indigenous women in, to us. Like these numbers are growing and the CFS numbers they're at an all-time high so it just it, it goes to show that there's something that's not being done there's and there's more that needs to be done and the work that you're doing is just so valuable it's so valuable to start combating these statistics that that we have mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and, and here's the thing is it's a, a country's agenda to profit off of our suffering therefore they will not fix anything it's 2023 we know what the problems are and they're still not fixed, you know? Is that what you and meant when you, were, when you said justice is not for us? You were, you know, talking yeah, about that yeah, earlier. Absolutely, it's not. And the legal system proves it over and over and over and over again, right? And the people who are supposed to be protecting and serving and, and those judges and lawyers and police are killing and raping our people, you know? Human trafficking and purchasing and, and doing all the so those kinds of people are a part of all these things and other higher entities are you know not safe. So where do we go that's safe where we know we're getting proper help and justice and, and all of that? Like I in Manitoba, I just I don't know how it is so like over over here in Alberta, we hear about it all the time. It is so common for people and police and public to just murder our people there and murder our indigenous people there so common and nothing is being done so you know there's the thing is that they take our kids away that's profit you put us in jails that's profit 
right? And the highest growing incarceration population in our country are Indigenous women. Yes. Because we are trying to survive and we are in poverty and we are in pain and trauma. And here's the thing. The Pope comes here and leaves nothing. We are owed healing from this government, the church and the military who tested drugs and experiments on our people. These are three entities that owe our people healing and still nothing. You go to Indian Affairs and you'll pay for your, I don't know how many visits it is but you only allowed a certain amount of visits for your healing, for counseling that's paid for, that's disgusting. That mm -hmm. is disgusting. And I always say that all the time, this government and the, the church and the military owe us healing. So we should get unlimited amount of counseling, unlimited amount of ceremony, unlimited amount of, of healthy elders, right? Mm -hmm. Unlimited amount of all this healing and help and our language and all this, it, it should be unlimited to us and given to us and made sure that it's there. And this country's counselors and this country's psychologists should all be on board, but they have to have Indigenous training first. If they don't have truth and training, they cannot help us. Can I they ask you, when did you start to discover in uh, generational trauma and the, the whole concept of... Um, of the true meaning of what it is. Because I know that a lot of people, especially a lot of our young people, they hear the word generational trauma. And a lot of just people in general, they hear the word, but they don't truly understand what it means. Yeah. And here's the thing when I tell my story is I didn't know until I was an adult. It all came to me after I changed my life and I got sober. I got clear minded. I dug up my rooted pain. I fought. I, I found face and, and, and fought my rooted pain and then, you know, got more truth of the residential school because I survived it. I dug into that and, and, and all of that and, 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 and then found out through family what had happened to my family before mm -hmm. historically. And it just, boom, it just all came to me one day. It's like, oh my God, That's this fine. is what all of our people have been going through. This mm -hmm. is what happened. And you know what? It's none of our fault. Right. It's none of our fault. It's those three entities and their agenda's fault. It's their fault, right? Someone who goes out and gives Indigenous truth and training, when I give this to, to um, the world and, and non-Indigenous Canadians, a lot of them are just shocked. They can't right. believe it. Um, a lot of them are start crying their eyes out. And what I do when I speak is I rip their heart out and then I carefully put it back in, right? Yeah. And then I want to hear questions from them. I want to hear questions from everybody. And then when I'm done my truth and training, I have a lineup of people, a lineup of people sobbing, crying that want to talk to me personally. Yeah, and and I and I have story. a team of volunteers now, a team of volunteers, right? And some of them are non-indigenous. And they truly, truly put their heart into what they're, they're wanting to do after they find the truth, right? So that's been changing things. And when every time I go out there and go train these people, it changes them. And it, they look at us differently, Yeah. right? And that's it makes true. us safer for us. Because when the legal system, you know, and the media send out these horrific cases 
what happened to Cindy Gladue and Tina Fontaine and Colton Bushi and Joey English, especially Joey English, you know, like Jesus Christ, the guy dropped off her body, got 18 months. Like, I just, I can't believe it. So when the legal system and the media send that out to Canada, who do you think is hunted? Indigenous peoples. We are all day and night. And one of the fastest yeah. growing crimes in this they country. They dig out all of our, you know, yeah, her past or his past or, or something. Right. And right. and here's the other thing. We are in a country where the one of the fastest growing crimes is human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are the highest rate of everything awful, including that in this country, though we're <clears throat> the lowest population. Yeah. You know, I, I recently, like a couple of years ago, just I remember there was a raid on a house and they found 26 people like women that were being used for human trafficking and it wasn't even up plastered all over the news i saw like one snippet about it on facebook it, i know and that's the problem is, is what i tell everybody it's not at the forefront of media so here's the thing you guys have to listen to our people speaking our people's podcasts our people telling truth right and others like us that are grassroots telling truth from the ground when you read the newspaper and you watch the news that is controlled information that is agenda and controlled information that you are receiving fear right. fear fear control 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 right mm -hmm. so you know you you gotta you can't believe anything that you're told anymore you can't dip your toe in the water and say i'm a champion swimmer anymore you have to dive deep into what the truth is. Don't buy anything. Don't believe in anything. Don't push it on anybody. You know, you have to research everything you buy that you bring into your home that you want to believe in to find the truth. You just can't do it anymore. There's too much misinformation out there, too many with an agenda, and you can't trust out there. It's really tough. So we have to stop. This is the only way it's going to work is our people need to stop with the lateral violence i'm sick mm -hmm. of it i'm absolutely sick of it it's childish it's ridiculous but that's what they want the more we're divided the more we don't heal right so they don't want us healed by the way because they don't want us taking back our land they don't want us taking back any of our power and our water and all of any of that they don't want us to, to do that so we have to be well we have to love ourselves first, therefore we can love our children, therefore we can love our spouses, our families, and our homes that exhumes and bleeds out into your community, and that bleeds out into your people. Yeah, right? I 100%, I, you know, I feel strongly that that needs to put into be put into the curriculum, because, you know, our, our young people, grade 11 and 12, we're pushing uh, English and math, you know, science, like all of that stuff. And I think like, well, why are we so focused on that? If we're, if, you know, if the chairs are going to be empty for our people at that age, because mm -hmm. they start weeding themselves out in grade nine and 10. And, but if we were to go back kindergarten, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, and start teaching self-love, start teaching all of those values, all those seven teachings and whatever value systems that you had, but really self-love and how to fill themselves up when they don't have anybody in their life to tell them you are important. They can tell themselves, they can fill themselves up with all of that. And they could learn to do that year after year. 
and just like our subjects progress, those things can progress as well. So by the time that we get into grade 11 or 12, maybe the, those kids will still be, you know, they'll still still be in those seats. Like, I'm so tired of this, like, Western agenda of, you know, math and science. It's like, for what? Yeah. In this day and age, too, we're losing our old school morals. So what should be taught is anti-bullying and, uh, and kindness, mm-hmm. like kind things to do. That's really funny. You know, my son, we were traveling and we went into this really old store in the middle of nowhere and this, this lovely uh, older elder couple were, were at the cash register and my son walks in and tips his hat and says, ma'am. And I was like, where did you learn that? Where did that come from? He's like, oh, I learned it watching Westerns with grandpa. And I was like, oh my God. And he says, but I don't like what they did about our people, mom. That's not mm-hmm. fair either. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's right. So my kid, like he's starting to get it. We raised our kids old school, right? So none of them drink, none of them smoke, none of them, like they're just great kids. And, but the last couple of years has heightened anxiety in my home. Yeah. So yeah. And here's the thing. 2019, I went to 34 and did 32, I can't, 33 maybe Indigenous communities that year. So that year was a whirlwind. And then COVID came and I was like, uh-oh, can't be with people anymore. So I learned Zoom really fast. And then I came up with 18 topics of wellness and super clinics and was booked solid during all of COVID. Oh, nice. So our people really, really wanted that. And so I just get into all the community's Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Admin would add me and I do all of this wellness, safety and teachings and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, so I just want to make sure we're just still coming out of things. And now it's Christmas. So a lot of us are to have our loved ones that we miss. A lot of us are just coming out of what we were just feeling these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So really to everyone, take care of yourselves. This is a really different time. And all I wish for everyone in the new year is love yourself. Therefore, you'll love everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we can really, really get to a place of peace where we can make our fires more strong outside and within. I just want to thank you so much just for sharing everything that you did and for being so open and just providing everybody with so much valuable information where can we find you and where can we follow you and where can we see all of the good work that you're doing i i'm not a very computer person i'm not like a tech person so i'm a grounded people out there kind of person so i am on facebook under stephanie harp i'm i'm just about max so i started a new page that's unlimited so if you go to stephanie harp experience and the indigenous voice we just started a brand new page. We're going to have more people having their voices on there. You can follow me on there as well. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Instagram, Harp Stephanie. And uh, I have my handle on TikTok as well. Um, so TikTok is a new tool that I'm really starting to get into. Like I said, I'm pretty old school. <laughs> so I'm, 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 lear- I'm, I'm starting to uh, explore that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing uh, a lot of more uh, online safety timbits um, and bites for you guys uh, in the new year. Jill, thank you for everything that you do. I look forward to working with you. And then also, we all have to remember, we all have a raging fire within us. Just share your warmth and watch everything beautiful in the world thrive. Masicho, thank you.
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode. Don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today or share on your social media and inspire all your friends. And if you'd like some live inspiration, join us on December 2nd in Winnipeg at our live event. Just visit www.jillfeatherstone.com for details. Bye for now. Bye for now.